When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your early news and also coming up sports, weather, traffic, and business. Here's your top five at five. This is the top five at five. Well, the White House no longer using the word imminent related to the Ukraine crisis. And it sends the wrong message. Emotions running high at Wednesday's funeral for fallen NYPD officer Wilbert Mora with his sister asking how many cops have to die. Former New York City Mayor de Blasio sparking anger among his own party, Democrats who are redrawing congressional boundaries to give Max Rose an edge because de Blasio's interested in running for that seat. A revelation about Hunter Biden in a classified email at finds that his relationship with Burisma hurt U.S. efforts to fight corruption. And more fallout from the Cuomo scandal. CNN boss Jeff Zucker is out over an alleged affair with a top staffer. All right, the White House no longer using the word imminent regarding a Russian invasion of Ukraine. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says it sends the wrong message. Psaki, during a national public radio interview on Tuesday, responded to conflicting comments by the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, who said an invasion wasn't imminent. I used that once. I think others have used that once. And then we stopped using it because I think it sent uh, a message that we weren't intending to send, which was that we knew that President Putin had made a decision. I would say the vast majority of times I've talked about it, we said he could invade at any time. That's true. We still don't know that he's made a decision. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby used a similar language that same day. We do not believe conflict is inevitable. The United States, in lockstep with our allies and partners, has offered Russia a path to de-escalate. But we will take all prudent measures to assure our own security and that of our allies. And the Pentagon is stepping up its military presence in Eastern Europe. The Pentagon announcing yesterday it's deploying an additional 3,000 troops to Eastern Europe to bolster NATO's defense posture. Thousands attended services for fallen NYPD officer Wilbert Mora Wednesday at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Emotions running high with six cops shot since January 1st, two fatally, including Mora and, of course, his partner. Mora's sister rallied against the system, asking just how many cops have to die in the line of duty before anything changes. How many more lives of those who protect us have to be seized from us by violence and crime? The officers of the NYPD protect us, but who protects them? Take action. Enough is enough. The remarks delivered by Mora's sister come after the scathing eulogy Rivera's widow delivered at her husband's funeral last Friday, in which she blasted Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. 
That's Jason Rivera's widow there. Controversial DA Alvin Bragg, he was at Mora's service yesterday. He released a statement on Twitter. Actually, as Mora's service was underway, Bragg vowing to vigorously prosecute anybody who would commit violence against the NYPD's brave guardians. The 27-year-old Moore and his 22-year-old partner, Jason Rivera, died after being shot during a domestic violence call in Harlem January 21st. A third officer shot and killed the gunman described as a career criminal who used a stolen weapon. Former New York City mayor and failed presidential candidate Bill de Blasio reportedly eyeing eyeing now a congressional bid. Now, the New York Post reporting de Blasio may run against former 11th District Congressman Max Rose, who lost his seat to Republican Nicole Maliotakis. Rose is seeking a rematch of that 2020 race that he lost to the GOP congresswoman. Now, de Blasio earlier this month said he wouldn't run for governor, but promised to stay in state politics. No, I am not going to be running for governor in New York State, but I am going to devote every fiber of my being to fight inequality in the state of New York. All right, that's part of his Twitter announcement there. Now, factoring in is the redrawing of congressional boundaries by state Democrats to try and squeeze out Maliotakis. Those involved in the redrawing of the boundaries are furious at de Blasio, who was unable to mount a bid for governor and is now eyeing the congressional seat as a fresh opportunity. Maliotakis's district covers traditionally Republican Staten Island and part of South Brooklyn. It's set to be redrawn to include the heavily Democratic Brooklyn neighborhoods of Sunset Park, Gowanus and Park Slope, where de Blasio lives. A classified U.S. State Department email from back in 2016 shows that a leading diplomat warned that Hunter Biden's lucrative job with a Ukrainian energy company, Burisma, actually undercut American efforts to fight corruption in the Eastern European country. The website Just the News published that email in its report Tuesday. Now, the report said that the existence of the email was never acknowledged during several court battles over Freedom of Information Act requests that sought records related to business dealings involving Hunter and his father, President Biden. Now, the report came one day after the New York Times sued the State Department for allegedly withholding emails and memos involving Hunter Biden and his former business associates. The founder of Burisma Holdings paid Hunter Biden a million dollars a year to sit on its board. 77 WABC Time Check, 507. And that means it's time to head over to Mike Garcia with Traffic. Thank you, Deb. Well, the George Washington Bridge, Holland, and Lincoln Tunnels are all good and clear to drive. However, the fog out there continues to be dense. Over to Clark at Valley Road North and southbound between Ross Street and North Stiles Street, they are closed due to road construction. An accident just happened over at Jersey City, causing some stop-and-go traffic from Route 1 to 9, southbound at Sakalkas Road. Both of the wet, because of the wet roads and fog, motorists are advised to drive at reduced speeds over in Manhattan. President Biden is scheduled to arrive later this morning for a meeting at NYPD headquarters in lower Manhattan, so expect delays and closures. Alternate side parking rules are suspended today for snow operations, but meter rem- meters remain in effect. I'm Mike Garcia with Traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Mike. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Yes, there is that fog advisory up. That's till 10 this morning, Rain today, our high 45. Overnight, more rain with a steady temperature around 43. Mixed bag of rain, sleet and freezing rain tomorrow as temperatures fall to 39. Right now, we have 
A reading of 34 degrees or above the freezing mark, cloudy skies and misty here in Manhattan, of course, foggy. Continuing with your top five at five. Well, Jeff Sucker, yes, he's out as CNN's top boss. He resigned from the liberal network yesterday after revelations that he did not disclose a romantic relationship with Chief Marketing Officer Allison Gollist. The relationship came to light during an investigation into fired anchor Chris Cuomo, the brother of disgraced former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Now, Chris Cuomo was booted from the network for pressuring staff to help him try and stave off sexual harassment allegations against his brother. CNN's Allison Camerata spoke about Zucker's resignation yesterday. I, I feel it deeply personally, but also I think I speak for all of us and our colleagues. This is an incredible loss. It's an incredible loss. Jeff is a remarkable person and an incredible leader. Now, ironically, Gullis previously worked as Governor Cuomo's communications director. She released a statement confirming her relationship with Zucker. Three top CNN executives will form an interim leadership team at the network and assume Zucker's duties until Warner Media's pending merger with Discovery is complete. All right, 77 WABC time check, 510. Deborah Valentine with your early news and, of course, sports, weather, traffic, and uh, more business coming up, too. Americans showing a lot of pessimism in an annual Mood of the Nation survey. It was released Wednesday by the Gallup survey. Now, this poll measures eight aspects of life and 21 policy areas. And respondents indicating here that their largest dissatisfaction is with the economy. With skyrocketing inflation under the Biden administration, the president has tried to reassure Americans, though. To build a truly strong economy, we need a future that's made in America. That means using products, parts, materials built right here in the United States of America. It means bringing manufacturing back, jobs back, building the supply chains here at home. So two years ago, nearly two thirds of Americans said they were very or somewhat happy, but that fell to 43 percent in 2021 and even further with 33 percent saying that they're not so happy this year. And they're blaming things like COVID-19 restrictions, closed businesses and inflation at its highest rate in 40 years. Well, the White House taking heat over contracting with China to buy $1.3 billion worth of Chinese-made COVID-19 rapid tests. Meanwhile, domestic manufacturers were forced to reduce their production due to a drop in orders. Republican Congressman Michael Waltz of Florida told the Washington Free Beacon that the contract was akin to paying the arsonist for helping put out the fire. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki insisted, though, that the contract was needed due to a lack of supply. I would say our objective and continues to be to increase um, U.S. manufacturing capacity of tests. We also needed to meet a need that we had in this country for more tests and a shortage of tests and the understandable demand from people across this country to get tests and make them free and accessible, which required us purchasing some of those tests uh, from China in order to meet that demand. And Congressman Waltz's uh, comments come as, of course, many believe COVID-19 originated in China and was leaked from a virology lab in Wuhan. The Chinese government also allegedly concealed early data about the virus leading to its global spread. President Joe Biden is taking a page out of the Obama era playbook. On Wednesday, Biden announcing a relaunch of the cancer moonshot program with the goal of cutting the cancer death rate by some 50 percent over the next 25 years. This can really be an American moment that proves to ourselves and, quite frankly, to the world 
that we can do really big things. And of course, the president lost his son, Beau, to brain cancer back in 2015. The relaunch is due in part to treatment advances resulting in better treatments and remission rates of cancer. Well, former President Donald Trump at odds with a longtime staunch supporter. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina said that Donald Trump was inappropriate when he suggested he would possibly pardon people found guilty of taking part in the January 6th Capitol riot. Here's Graham Sunday on Face the Nation. I don't want to reinforce that defiling the Capitol was okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything that would make this more likely in the future. And just let me finish my thought here. When Kamala Harris and her uh, associates and the people that work for her, her staffers, raised money to bail out the rioters who uh, hit cops in the head and burned down stores, I didn't like that either. On Newsmax Tuesday, Trump in response called Senator Graham a rhino and said he was wrong to make the comment. Well, Lindsey Graham's wrong. I mean, Lindsey's a nice guy, but he's a rhino. Lindsey's wrong. Republicans are walking a tightrope as they try to balance condemnation of the January 6th riot while maintaining ties with Trump. One of two senators holding up President Biden's Build Back Better agenda and changes to the filibuster rules. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema lashed out at Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York late Tuesday. It's reported Cinema said, could we have some discipline in the votes ever? You're in charge. Now, Cinema's comment caught the attention of Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democrat from New York. Of course, she's one of many progressives incensed at Cinema over her opposition to the Build Back Better bill and changes to the filibuster to try and pass voting rights legislation. Part of what she tweeted was, why should we make the life of obstructionists easier? Here's President Biden. The United States Senate, designed to be the world's greatest deliberative body, has been rendered a shell of its former self. Gives me no satisfaction in saying that as an institutionalist, as a man who was honored to serve in the Senate. And last month, Schumer actually scheduled a vote on bypassing a Republican filibuster on the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, a top priority for the Biden administration and the Democrats. This despite the fact that Cinema and fellow centrist Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia had gone on record saying they would not support that legislative maneuver. All right, 77 WABC time check, 515. I'm Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. And Justin Ellick has it covered on sports. Thanks, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. We'll begin with the Knickerbockers at MSG last night where they welcomed in the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis stud John Moran was his usual self in front of the packed house at the Garden as he dropped in 23 points. But it was Jaron Jackson Jr. who led the pack for the Grizzlies with 26 points in his 34 minutes on the floor. Jackson and Morant proved too much for the Knicks to handle as they fall at home 120 to 108. Look for the Knicks to bounce back in Los Angeles on Saturday against the Lakers. The Nets didn't have much luck either on the road in Sacramento as they surrendered to the Kings 112 to 101. Tyrese Halliburton re- uh, registered, excuse me, a double-double for the Kings and Harrison Barnes stood out with his 19 points as the Nets continue to struggle mightily dropping their 6th straight game. They'll do their best to keep that number from getting to seven when they head to Utah to battle the Jazz tomorrow night. One final ice hockey game last night before our three local teams head into the All-Star break. The Islanders seem to jump the gun on said break as they looked lifeless last night at home against the Seattle Crowd.
Kraken. Seattle poured in three third-period goals, but they only needed one as Kraken tender Philip Grubauer stopped all 19 Islanders' shots for the first shutout in Seattle Kraken history. Hockey will return early next week after the All-Star festivities this weekend at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. And an awesome sports report it was, Mr. Justin Ellick. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Mike Garcia. All right. Thank you, Deb. Uh, Holland and Lincoln Tunnels are all good and clear to drive. However, the fog continues to be dense. Over to Clark at Valley Road North and southbound between Ross Street and North Stout Street, the roads are closed due to road construction. Just a while ago, an accident just occurred over at Jersey City with an overturned vehicle causing some stop-and-go traffic from Route 1 and 9 southbound at Sakalkas Road. Also, some stop-and-go traffic over at Middlesex County in New Jersey northbound at Route 1 over at Edison. Because of the wet roads and fog, motorists are advised to drive at reduced speeds. President Biden is scheduled to arrive later this morning for a meeting at NYPD headquarters in lower Manhattan, so expect delays and closures. Also, the side parking rules are suspended today for snow operations. Meters remain in effect. I'm Mike Garcia with traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. Thanks, Mike. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We do have a fog advisory. Rain and fog today are highs 45. More rain overnight with a low of 43. Rain, freezing rain and sleet mixed bag tomorrow with temperatures falling to a high of 39. And taking a look at our temperature right now, we have actually 42 degrees now in Manhattan. Light fog and light drizzle. Frank Morano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Tech stocks, which were major contributors to the market sell-off last month, have been key in the market's rebound so far this month. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial gained 224 points, the S&P 500 grew by 43 points, and the Nasdaq rose by 72 points. Major oil-producing countries are adding just a bit more oil to the global economy. The 23-member OPEC alliance is sticking with its roadmap and is adding 400,000 barrels per day in March. The oil producers are gradually restoring cuts they made when the pandemic was at its worst. However, fears of a possible Russian invasion of Ukraine are adding to supply concerns. Shipping giants have come under fire from U.S. business groups and watchdogs for raking in record-breaking profits on the backs of skyrocketing prices driven by unprecedented port congestion. New research says each of the largest ocean carriers saw their profits more than triple over the last year. The industry, which is dominated by a handful of large freight companies, is currently lobbying senators to reject a bipartisan House-passed bill that aims to crack down on anti-competitive shipping practices, which carriers argue would only worsen supply chain issues. And finally, payroll processor ADP says U.S. private sector businesses lost 301,000 jobs in January as the Omicron variant forced millions of Americans out of work last month. The ADP National Employment Report showed sharp, broad declines in private sector payrolls for the first time since December of 2020. A record-breaking surge of COVID cases upended the U.S. economy in January as businesses struggled with staffing shortages and a dip in consumer activity. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your early news. Well, actress Susan Sarandon under fire. She's often been a vocal supporter of progressive policies. 
Well, she shared a Twitter post comparing police gathered at the funeral yesterday of slain NYPD detective Jason Rivera to fascists. The Thelma and Louise star posting an image that showed a tweet by writer and podcaster Danny Hepbong of a photo of the massive turnout of officers actually in Manhattan last week for Rivera's funeral. Of course, Wilbert Mora laid to rest yesterday. Now, Sarandon posted a hashtag Abolish the police over the original screenshot by writer and podcaster Danny Haifong. And now the caption read, so if all these cops weren't needed for crime that day, doesn't that mean that they aren't needed any day? Now, another progressive taking heat for her post, progressive New York lawmaker, Democratic Assemblywoman Yelene Neo has been blasted for describing uniformed NYPD cops taking the subway as a frightening show of intimidation and a massive health risk. That in response to a video showing mostly maskless officers in a midtown Manhattan subway station following a Friday's funeral for slain NYPD officer Jason Rivera. And uh, she likened a response from a Twitter user who referred to Rivera's funeral as their fascism rally on the streets above, which showed photos of a Nazi march next to one showing police on Fifth Avenue for Rivera's funeral. Neo removed her like from the tweet after a publication reached out to her. President Joe Biden visiting New York City today. It's to meet with New York City Mayor Eric Adams. It's all part of an anti-crime, anti-gun initiative. The mother of a 19-year-old gunned down at a Burger King in Harlem over 100 bucks is urging the president to help the city crack down on crime. Christy Nieves is the mother of the teen killed, she told Fox News Digital. This person took my life. I don't want him out of here again, ever again. And her daughter, Crystal Bayron Nieves, killed January 9th for only $100 by a homeless former employee while working at a late night shift at the fast food chain. Shootings up nearly 46 percent in New York City in the last 28 days compared to a year ago. Spikes also seen in other major crime categories, including rape, grand larceny and robbery. Well, guess who went to dinner? Page six reporting New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, and disgraced ex-governor Andrew Cuomo had dinner together Tuesday night. Sources telling page six that Adams and Cuomo met for about two hours at a midtown hot spot restaurant Asteria uh, La Bea on West uh, 52nd Street in Midtown. Now, Cuomo, you'll remember, resigned last summer, avoiding impeachment after the state attorney general found he sexually harassed 11 women. I've never crossed the line with anyone, but I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn. So onlookers reported that both Adams and Cuomo wore suits. Cuomo wore a tie, but Adams didn't. Cuomo reportedly discussed some policy ideas with the new mayor, but we don't know much more than that. Well, is it really a hidden way to pad municipal coffers? U.S. Transportation Secretary Peter Buttigieg has unveiled a new safety plan for America's roads. Thursday, he pledged to promote more speed safety cameras all across the country. When it comes to roadway deaths, we have a crisis that is urgent, unacceptable, and preventable. We know the roadway deaths are preventable because some places are doing a better job at preventing them than others. All right. However, New York City Republican Councilman Joe Borelli says the cameras in the city today are a little more than an indirect tax. 
Borelli told Tucker Carlson that speed cameras in the city went from 20 at the start of then-Mayor Bill de Blasio's first term back in 2014 to about 1,400 across 750 school zones. Borelli arguing that the Big Apple streets are deadlier than ever. Meanwhile, these cameras have generated about $215 million a year or $25,000 an hour for New York City from fines. Currently, eight U.S. states have laws specifically prohibiting these speed cameras. Well, View co-host Whoopi Goldberg is reportedly livid over her suspension. She is telling co-workers she's going to quit the show. You'll remember earlier this week, ABC issued a two-week suspension after Goldberg claimed that the Holocaust was not about race. She repeated the claims later Monday on the Stephen Colbert show. Now, a well-placed insider told the New York Post, Goldberg feels humiliated at being disciplined by ABC executives after she followed their advice to apologize for the ill-conceived comments. I said that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And it was instead about man's inhumanity to man. But it is indeed about race because Hitler and the Nazis considered Jews to be an inferior race. Now, words matter and mine are no exception. I regret my comments, as I said, and I stand corrected. I also stand with the Jewish people as they know and y'all know because I've always done that. And Goldberg raised eyebrows on The View on Monday when she insisted that Nazis and Jews were both white in addition to uh, her comment that the holocaust was not about race all right 77 wabc time check coming up on 527 let's head over to the traffic desk with mike garcia what's going on mike? thank you deb well it's george washington bridge the holland and lincoln tunnels are all good and still clear to drive however the the fog continues to be dense over to clark at valley road north and southbound between rush street and north south street the roads are closed due to road construction an accident occurred a while ago over at Jersey City with an overturned vehicle causing some stop-and-go traffic from Route 1 and 9 southbound at Secaucus Road. Also some stop-and-go traffic over at Middle County, New Jersey, northbound at Route 1 at Edison. On I-278 westbound between exit 26 and exit 24, some road construction is going on, closing off one to two lanes until further notice. On the eastbound of I-278, there's some stop, there's some stop traffic at the Goan, between the Goanas, the, the Goanas, excuse me, the Goanas Canal and exit 28A. Because of the wet roads and fog, motors are advised to drive at reduced speeds. President Biden is scheduled to arrive later this morning for a meeting at NYPD headquarters in lower Manhattan. Expect delays and closures. Alternate side parking rules are suspended today for snow operations. Meters remain in effect. I'm Mike Garcia with traffic on the 7th for 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We have a fog advisory in effect. Our high near 45 rain and fog today. Tonight, rain becomes uh, widespread and fog as well. A steady temperature overnight around 43. Temperatures fall tomorrow to a high of 39. A mixed bag of rain, freezing rain and sleet. Right now, 42 degrees of fog and very light drizzle here in Manhattan. Well, some more details are emerging now on that tragic suicide of former Miss USA Chesley Christ. Her mother, April Simpkins, revealing that her daughter was grappling with depression and she kept her struggle a secret from her closest friends and family. Hey, y'all. I do a lot to make sure that I maintain my mental health. And the most important thing that I did is talk to a counselor. She's really easy to talk to. She gives me great strategies. All right. That's Chesley Chris there. She was an accomplished lawyer and crowned Miss USA in 2019. 
She plunged to her death early Sunday from the 29th floor of her apartment building, the Orion on West 42nd Street. And our family has asked that in lieu of flowers, donations be made to the nonprofit Dress for Success, an organization that Chris supported. A world champion track and field star who raised concerns about advantages held by transgender athletes competing in women's sports has alleged she was told to keep her mouth shut by Team USA track and field. Cynthia Monteleone is a Team USA Masters runner and 400-meter world champ. Now, she made this revelation to Senator Marsha Blackburn on a Facebook Live event for National Girls and Women's Day in Sports. Here's Monteleone last year on Tucker Carlson Tonight. This is a very dangerous issue. Not only can it be physically dangerous for girls in some sports, but it's dangerous to the whole concept of women's sports. Basically, this means the end of women's sports if this keeps happening. And our comments, of course, come amid the huge controversy over transgender swimmer Leah Thomas of the University of Pennsylvania, who broke several U.S. women's national records despite competing for years as a man. 77 WABC Time Check coming up on 530. Deborah Valentine with your early news. We'll be back with more sports, weather and traffic and business right after the break. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine with your early news and along with, of course, sports, weather, traffic and business coming up. Here's your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. Oh, the White House no longer using the word imminent related to the Ukraine crisis, saying it sends the wrong message. Emotions running high at Wednesday's funeral for fallen NYPD officer Wilbert Mora with his sister asking how many cops have to die. Former New York City Mayor de Blasio sparking anger among Democrats, redrawing congressional boundaries to give Max Rose an edge because de Blasio's apparently interested in running for the seat. On the revelation about Hunter Biden in a classified email finding his relationship with Burisma hurt U.S. efforts to fight corruption. And more fallout from the Cuomo scandal. CNN boss Jeff Zucker is out over an alleged affair with a top staffer. The White House no longer using the word imminent regarding a Russian invasion of Ukraine. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says it sends the wrong message. Psaki, during a national public radio interview Tuesday, responded to conflicting comments by the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, who said an invasion was not imminent. I used that once. I think others have used that once. And then we stopped using it because I think it sent uh, a message that we weren't intending to send, which was that we knew that President Putin had made a decision. I would say the vast majority of times I've talked about it, we said he could invade at any time. That's true. We still don't know that he's made a decision. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby used similar language that same day. We do not believe conflict is inevitable. The United States, in lockstep with our allies and partners, has offered Russia a path to de-escalate. But we will take all prudent measures to assure our own security and that of our allies. Meanwhile, the Pentagon is stepping up its military presence in Eastern Europe. The Pentagon announced yesterday it's deploying an additional 3,000 troops to Eastern Europe to bolster NATO's defense posture. Thousands attending services for fallen NYPD officer Wilbert Mora Wednesday at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan. Emotions running high. Six cops have been shot since January 1st, of course, two fatally. 
including Mora and his partner. Now, Mora's sister rallied against the system, asking how many cops have to die in the line of duty before anything changes. How many more lives of those who protect us have to be seized from us by violence and crime? The officers of the NYPD protect us, but who protects them? Take action. Enough is enough. And the remarks delivered by Mora's sister come after the scathing eulogy that Jason Rivera's widow delivered at her husband's funeral last Friday in which she blasted Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. Controversial DA Alvin Bragg was at Morris Services yesterday. He actually released a statement on Twitter as Morris Service was underway. Bragg vowed to vigorously prosecute anyone who would commit violence against the NYPD's brave guardians. A former New York City mayor and failed presidential candidate Bill de Blasio is reportedly eyeing a congressional bid. Now, the New York Post reporting de Blasio may run against former 11th District Congressman Max Rose. Rose lost his seat to Republican Nicole Maliotakis. Rose is seeking a rematch of that 2020 race that he lost to the Republican Congresswoman. Now, de Blasio earlier this month said he wouldn't run for governor, but promised to stay in state politics. No, I am not going to be running for governor of New York State, but I am going to devote every fiber of my being to fight inequality in the state of New York. Factoring in is this redrawing of congressional boundaries by state Democrats to try and squeeze out Maliotakis. Now, those involved in the redrawing of these congressional boundaries are furious with de Blasio, who was unable to mount a bid for governor and is now eyeing it as a fresh opportunity for himself. Maliotakis's district covers traditionally Republican Staten Island, also part of South Brooklyn. It's set to be redrawn to include the heavily Democratic Brooklyn neighborhoods of Sunset Park, Gowanus and Park Slope. Of course, Park Slope is where de Blasio lives. A classified U.S. State Department email from back in 2016 shows a leading diplomat warning that Hunter Biden's lucrative job with a Ukrainian energy company, of course, Burisma, undercut American efforts to fight corruption in the Eastern European country. The website, Just the News, published the email in its report Tuesday. Now, the report said the existence of the email was never acknowledged during several court battles over Freedom of Information Act requests that sought records related to business dealings involving Hunter and his father, now President Biden. The report came one day after the New York Times sued the State Department or allegedly withholding emails and memos involving Hunter Biden and his former business associates. Now, the founder of Burisma Holdings paid Hunter Biden a million dollars a year to sit on its board. 77 WABC Time Check 537. Mike Garcia on traffic. Thank you, Deb. Well, the George Washington Bridge, Holland, and Lincoln Tunnels are all still good and clear to drive. The fog, however, continues to be dense out there, so be careful in terms of driving. Over to Clark at Valley Road, north and southbound between Ross Street and North South Street. The roads are closed due to construction. An accident occurred over at Jersey City a while ago with an overturned vehicle causing some stop-and-go traffic from Route 1 and 9 southbound at Secaucus Road. Also, some stop-and-go traffic over at Middlesex County, New Jersey, northbound at Route 1 over at Edison. Now, on I-278 westbound between Exit 26 and Exit 24, the roads are now cleared. But on the eastbound, there's some stop in, there's some stop traffic between the Gowanus uh, Canal and Exit 28A. 
And just now on I-278 New Jersey westbound at I-95, there's some ramp restrictions from New Jersey bound and uh, the turnpike seems to be closed due to an accident. Because of the wet roads and fog, motorists are advised to drive at reduced speeds. President Biden is scheduled to arrive later this morning for a meeting at NYPD headquarters in lower Manhattan. Expect delays and closures. Alternate side parking rules are suspended today for snow operations. Meters remain in effect. I'm Mike Garcia with traffic on the 7th for 77 WABC. And taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, we have a fog advisory in effect. Expect rain today, widespread Fog, our highs 45. Overnight, more rain. The steady temperature around 43. Mixed bag of rain, freezing rain, and sleet tomorrow as temperatures fall to a high of 39. Right now, light drizzle, fog, and the temperatures remaining steady at 42 degrees. And continuing with our fifth story in our top five at 530, well, Jeff Zucker, yes, he is out as CNN's top boss. He resigned from the Liberal Network Wednesday after revelations that he didn't disclose a romantic relationship with Chief Marketing Officer Allison Gollist. The relationship ended up coming to light during an investigation into fired anchor Chris Cuomo, the brother of disgraced former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Now, Chris Cuomo, you'll remember, was booted from the network for pressuring staff to help him try and stave off sexual harassment allegations against his brother. CNN's Allison Camerata spoke about Zucker's resignation yesterday. I I feel it deeply personally, but also I think I speak for all of us and our colleagues. This is an incredible loss. It's an incredible loss. Jeff is a remarkable person and an incredible leader. And ironically, Gallus previously worked as Governor Cuomo's communications director. She released a statement confirming her relationship with Zucker. Three top CNN executives will form an interim leadership team at the network and assume Zucker's duties while Warner, Warner Media's pending merger with Discovery is completed. 77 WABC time check 540. America is under attack. It's happening at the border and not in the way you might realize. Drugs are pouring in to the country in record numbers, specifically fentanyl. And wait till you hear who's behind it. WABC Radio's Lydia Serrani spoke with former Drug Enforcement Agency Special Operations Director Derek Maltz. And this is Lydia Serrani on the line with me right now as a former director of the DEA's Special Operations Division. Derek Maltz, how are you, sir? How are you, Lydia? Thanks for calling. The border, out of control, fentanyl, over 100,000 people alone last year overdosing on opioids. We're going to see record numbers. They're seeing record seizures, but it's not because they're they're doing more because they're so preoccupied with everybody coming across the border. It seems like it's just an abundance of fentanyl at the border. What is going on? So what's going on, Lydia, is you have the Mexican cartels that are in the business to make lots of money. And they've partnered up with the Chinese transnational criminals. They have a steady flow of chemicals that are coming into Mexico, and they're making these poisonous fentanyl substances. Unfortunately, with the wide open border, the substances are getting into America, and our young kids around America are now dying at record levels, historic levels. I work with the families around the country every day, and unfortunately, many of these kids, they're not even drug users. They're not drug addicts. They're taking like what they think is an Oxycontin or an Adderall or a Xanax pill, and they're not waking up. The parents are finding them dead. Why are they doing this to drug dealers? Why would you want to kill off your, your customer? And I'll tell you, this is what I get asked all the time. The Mexican cartels, they don't want to kill. They want to make as much money. So now they figured out they can make these synthetic drugs, fentanyl, in labs in Mexico. It's very cheap to make. 
and it's very addictive. So they're attracting so many more customers around America. So their customer demand is through the roof. They don't really care if they kill off, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 Americans because they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about maximizing profits. The bigger problem, Lydia, is what's going on behind the scenes. The Chinese transnational criminals, they want to destroy America. We are a big competitor. We, we are an adversary. So they have an unrestricted warfare campaign, and they kill our citizens using the Mexican cartels as their, as their proxies. It seems to me that the border, it's not only a national security crisis, it's also, it's also firing up this drug crisis that has gripped this nation and that is poisoning the minds specifically of our young people. If you could say something to President Biden or any other leaders, what would you want to say to them? Well, first of all, I will use his own words against him. And I would ask him, Mr. President, you said last month that the drug crisis was not only an unusual and extraordinary threat to our national security, and you know the Mexican cartels are the cause of this crisis. How is it possible that the border is still wide open? This is actually facilitating the death and destruction of our communities and our kids. This is not a red or a blue issue. It's a red, white, and blue issue because people of all races, all economic backgrounds are dying Thank you so much, Derek Maltz. Again, you are the former director of the DEA Special Operations Division. Thank you for coming on with us. Thank you very much for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you. And this is Lydia Serrani for 77 WABC News. All right, thanks, Lydia. And in Connecticut alone, authorities have discovered that at least 40 fentanyl overdoses were possibly linked to fentanyl-laced marijuana. One of these victims, only 13 years old. It's the WABC Early News. 49 Republicans have signed on to a letter pledging to shut down the government over federal vaccine mandates. The letter was formally sent to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the Republican out of Kentucky, and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, the Republican out of California, on Wednesday. Here's New Hampshire Governor John Sununu on PBS. Now, when the government forces it on a business or forces it on an individual, whole different ballgame. Now the government is telling you um, how to manage your own health choices and, and whatnot. And, and that just gets that's just somewhere I, I fundamentally don't agree. All right. So this letter tells the leaders that their party is reaching another crosswords where they must once again decide whether they will vote to fund a federal government that is enforcing tyrannical COVID-19 vaccine mandates on the American people. The letter also pointed out that the Biden administration has unilaterally imposed five COVID-19 vaccine mandates referring to the mandates on medical workers, the military, federal employees, and federal government contractors. All right, 77 WABC time check is 545, and he's snuck in here as quiet as a mouse. I didn't even know you were sitting there, Justin. Wow, Deb. Man, that's really, I think that's, uh, see, I was laser-focused on the script. I, as you should be, and I'm, and I'm saying that that's probably the first time anybody's ever called me uh, quiet as a mouse, so I appreciate it. I'll take it as a compliment. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. We'll begin with the Knickerbockers at MSG last night where they welcomed in the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis stud John Morant was his usual usual self in front of the packed house at the Garden as he dropped in 23 points. But it was Jaron Jackson Jr. who led the pack for the Grizzlies with 26 points in his 34 minutes on the floor. Jackson and Morant proved too much for the Knicks to handle as they fall at home 120-108. to 
look for the Knicks to bounce back in Los Angeles on Saturday against the Lakers. The Nets didn't have much luck either on the road in Sacramento as they surrendered to the Kings 112-101. Tyrese Halliburton registered a double-double for the Kings, and Harrison Barnes stood out with his 19 points as the Nets continued to struggle mightily, dropping their sixth straight game. They'll do their best to keep that number from getting to seven when they head to Utah to battle the Jazz tomorrow night. One final ice hockey game last night before our three local teams head into the All-Star break. The Islanders seemed to jump the gun on said break as they looked lifeless last night at home against the Seattle Kraken. Seattle poured in three third-period goals, but they only needed one as Kraken tender Philip Grubauer stopped all 19 Islanders' shots for the first shutout in Seattle Kraken history. Hockey will return early next week after the All-Star festivities this weekend at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Here are the early news sports update. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. And Mike Garcia has traffic. All righty. No changes for the George Washington Bridge, Holland, and Lincoln Tunnels, but the fog out there continues to be dense. Over to Clark at Valley Road North at southbound between Ross Street and North Style Street. Close continues to be... Excuse me. Construction continues to going on. Therefore, the roads are closed as ever. An accident occurred over at Jersey City with an overturned vehicle, causing some stop-and-go traffic from Route 1 and 9, southbound at Secaucus Road. Also, some stop-and-go traffic over at Middlesex County, New Jersey, northbound at Route 1, over at Edison. Now, on the Harlem River Drive... There's some stop-and-go traffic as well, southbound between exit 19 and exit 18. On the eastbound I-278, there's stop traffic between the Gowanus Canal and exit 28A. On I-278, New Jersey, westbound at Elizabeth, ramp restrictions are occurring. The turnpike there is closed due to an accident. Because of the west roads and fogs, Motorists are advised to drive at reduced speeds. President Biden is scheduled to arrive later this morning for a meeting at NYPD headquarters in lower Manhattan. Expect delays and closures. Also inside, parking rules are suspended today for snow operations. Meters remain in effect. I'm Mike Garcia with traffic on the 7th for 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We have a fog advisory in effect. Rain and fog today are highs 45. Overnight, more rain and fog. And tomorrow... Mixed bag of rain, freezing rain, and sleet with temperatures falling to the mid to upper 30s. Right now, we're holding steady at 42 degrees, fog and light rain. Frank Morano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Tech stocks, which were major contributors to the market sell-off last month, have been key in the market's rebound so far this month. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial gained 224 points, the S&P 500 grew by 43 points, and the Nasdaq rose by 72 points. Major oil-producing countries are adding just a bit more oil to the global economy. The 23-member OPEC alliance is sticking with its roadmap and is adding 400,000 barrels per day in March. The oil producers are gradually restoring cuts they made when the pandemic was at its worst. However, fears of a possible Russian invasion of Ukraine are adding to supply concerns. Shipping giants have come under fire from U.S. business groups and watchdogs for raking in record-breaking profits on the backs of skyrocketing prices driven by unprecedented Port congestion. New research says each of the largest ocean carriers saw their profits more than triple over the last year. The industry, which is dominated by a handful of large freight companies, is currently lobbying senators to reject a bipartisan House-passed bill that aims to crack down on anti-competitive shipping practices, which carriers argue would only worsen 
supply chain issues. And finally, payroll processor ADP says U.S. private sector businesses lost 301,000 jobs in January as the Omicron variant forced millions of Americans out of work last month. The ADP National Employment Report showed sharp, broad declines in private sector payrolls for the first time since December of 2020. A record-breaking surge of COVID cases upended the U.S. economy in January as businesses struggled with staffing shortages and a dip in consumer activity. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report. It's the WABC Early News on (laughs) 77 WABC. All right, good morning. Deborah Valentine with your early news. Well, actress Susan Sarandon is under fire. She's often been a vocal supporter of progressive policies. She shared a Twitter post comparing police gathered at the funeral of slain NYPD detective Jason Rivera to fascists. She uh, starred in Thelma and Louise. She actually ended up posting an image that showed a tweet by writer and podcaster Danny Haifong of a photo of the massive turnout of officers in Manhattan along Fifth Avenue last week. Now, Sarandon posted a hashtag, abolish the police over the original screenshot. And the caption read, so if all these cops weren't needed for crime that day, doesn't that mean they aren't needed any day? And another progressive taking heat for her posts, progressive New York lawmaker, Democratic Assemblywoman Yelene Nayu has been blasted for describing uniformed NYPD cops taking the subway as a frightening show of intimidation and a massive health risk. That in response to a video showing mostly maskless officers in a midtown Manhattan subway station following Friday's funeral for slain NYPD officer Jason Rivera. And uh, the assemblywoman then likened a response from a Twitter user who referred to Rivera's funeral as their fascism rally on the streets above, which showed photos of a Nazi march next to one showing police on Fifth Avenue for Rivera's funeral. And Neo removed her like from the tweet after a publication reached out to her. President Joe Biden in town in New York City today to meet with New York City Mayor Eric Adams. It's all part of an anti-crime, anti-gun initiative. The mother of a 19-year-old gunned down at a Burger King in Harlem over 100 bucks is urging the president to help New York City crack down on crime. Christy Nieves is the mother of the teen killed, as she told CBS2. This person took my life. I don't want him out of here again, ever again. And her daughter, Crystal Bayron Nieves, was killed January 9th for only $100 by a homeless former employee while working at a late night shift at the fast food chain and shootings up nearly 46 percent in New York City in just the past 28 days compared to a year ago. And spikes also seen in other major crime categories, including rape, grand larceny and robbery. All right, well, guess who went to dinner? Page Six reporting New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, and disgraced ex-governor Andrew Cuomo had dinner together Tuesday night. Now, sources told Page Six Adams and Cuomo met for two hours at a midtown hotspot, Osteria La Baya. It's on West uh, 52nd Street here in Midtown. Now, Cuomo, you'll remember, resigned last summer avoiding impeachment after the state attorney general found he sexually harassed 11 women. I've never crossed the line with anyone, but I didn't realize the extent 
to which the line has been redrawn. So onlookers reported that both Adams and Cuomo wore suits. Cuomo wore a tie. Adams didn't. And uh, Cuomo reportedly discussed some policy ideas with the new mayor. But that's all we know. Well, is this really a hidden way to pad municipal coffers? U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has unveiled a new safety plan for America's roads. On Thursday, he pledged to promote more speed safety cameras all across the country. When it comes to roadway deaths, we have a crisis that is urgent, unacceptable, and preventable. We know the roadway deaths are preventable because some places are doing a better job at preventing them than others. And New York City Republican Councilman Joe Borelli reacted by saying the cameras in the city today are a little more than an indirect tax. Borelli told Tucker Carlson that speed cameras in the city went from 20 at the start of then-Mayor Bill de Blasio's first term back in 2014 to about 1,400 across 750 school zones. Borelli arguing that the Big Apple streets are deadlier than ever despite that. Meanwhile, these cameras have raked in about $215 million a year or $25,000 an hour from uh, for a New York City from fines. Now, currently, eight states have laws specifically prohibiting these speed cameras. A View co-host Whoopi Goldberg is reportedly livid over her suspension. She's telling co-workers that she's going to quit the show. Now, ABC issued a two-week suspension after Goldberg claimed that the Holocaust was not about race. She repeated the claims later Monday on the Stephen Colbert show. Now, a well-placed insider told the New York Post that Goldberg feels humiliated at being disciplined by ABC executives after she followed their advice and apologized for her ill-conceived comments. I said that the Holocaust wasn't about race, and it was instead about man's inhumanity to man. But it is indeed about race, because Hitler and the Nazis considered Jews to be an inferior race. Now, words matter, and mine are no exception. I regret my comments, as I said, and I stand corrected. I also stand with the Jewish people, as they know, and y'all know, because I've always done that. And, of course, Goldberg raised eyebrows on The View Monday when she also insisted that Nazis and Jews were both white in condition. In addition to her comment, her claim that the Holocaust was not about race. 77 WABC Time Check 557. Let's head over to the traffic desk and uh, get a check on the roads and rails with Mike Garcia. All righty. There's still no changes on the George Washington Bridge, Holland, or Lincoln Tunnels, but the fog out there continues to be dense and may get worse a little later on. Over to Clark at Valley Road North and southbound between Ross Street and North Style Street, the roads are closed due to construction. There's been a few accidents that have been going on, especially over in Jersey. At Jersey City with an overturned vehicle causing some stop-and-go traffic from Route 1 and 9, southbound at Sakalkas Road. Over at Newark, an accident occurred on I-78, New Jersey eastbound at exit 57. There's some stop-and-go traffic there. Also some stop-and-go traffic over at Middlesex County, New Jersey, northbound at Route 1 over at Edison. No surprise there, honestly. On the Harlem River Drive, southbound between exit 19 and exit 18, some stop-and-go traffic going on. On the eastbound I-278, there's some stop traffic between the Gowanus Canal and exit 28A. On I-278, New Jersey, westbound at Elizabeth, there's some ramp restrictions. The New Jersey Turnpike there is closed due to an accident that occurred earlier today. 
Because of the wet roads and fog, motorists are advised to drive at reduced speeds. President Biden is scheduled to arrive later this morning for a meeting at NYPD headquarters in lower Manhattan. So expect delays and closures. Alternate side parking rules are suspended today for snow operations. Meters remain in effect. I'm Mike Garcia with traffic on the 7th for 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We do have a fog advisory issued. Fog and rain today are highs 45. The same overnight with a low of 43. And a mixed bag tomorrow as temperatures fall to the mid to upper 30s of rain, freezing rain and sleet. And uh, checking your temperature right now, we're still holding at uh, in the low 40s. Right now, 43 degrees and uh, fog and light rain here in New York City. Well, we, of course, are working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program coming up at 6 o'clock here on 77 WABC. And one more quick story to let you know about. We do have a few more details on that tragic suicide of former Miss USA, Chesley Christ. Her mother is April Simpkins. And she revealed that her daughter was grappling with depression and kept her struggle a secret from her closest friends and family. Hey, y'all. I do a lot to make sure that I maintain my mental health. And the most important thing that I did is talk to a counselor. She's really easy to talk to. She gives me great strategies. And uh, that's actually Chesley Christ uh, talking about her mental health before her death. Chris, of course, was an accomplished attorney. She was crowned Miss USA. Back in 2019, at the age of 28, she plunged to her death early Sunday from the 29th floor of her apartment building, the Orion on West 42nd Street here in Manhattan. Her family has asked that in lieu of flowers, donations be made to the nonprofit Dress for Success. It's an organization that Chris had supported. 77 WABC time check is coming up on 6 o'clock. We're working our way to Bernie and Sid coming up. Stay with us. Early news, you've got a date tomorrow morning, 5 o'clock.